to Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. My name is Brent and I am joined by my friends Ski and Alan. <laughs> that was a special intro for our Burmese listeners. Oh, very nice. So we stand with you. <laughs> is this recording? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going. <laughs> If that is the intro that Brent would like to use, then I'm totally down with it. It is. Okay. It is. Um, so, anyways, yeah, you know who I am. You know who these guys are. You know what you signed up for. Because um, we had the special little intro, you know, that we've got a special little episode here. Mm-hmm. Um, the recap this week is going to be given by uh, Mr. Alan Bidwell, uh, podcast extraordinaire. Um, I think that's probably a gross overstatement, but <laughs> I, I'd say I'm a podcast ordinaire. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, he's going to spend the next 37 minutes, you know, regaling us uh, with tales of uh, episode 17 from season three, um, which is called um, My Brother, My Brother. Close. My Brother, My Father. Uh, my Brother, My Father. And while he does that, uh, Ski and myself are going to interject uh, with our own comments. Wildly. <laughs> and then at the end, you know, we're going to discuss what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, who the MVP of the episode is, what our favorite lines were, and how many episodes of, uh, or how many slices of cheesecake we would give this particular episode. A million. No. <laughs> and then three years from now, we'll compare this episode to every other one. And based upon the numbers of cheesecake slices we've given it, we'll decide which episode of the Golden Girls was the best based upon, you know, how we're feeling at the moment. <laughs> it's scientific is what that's called. It's, I don't see any other way that you could look at it. See, I don't believe science is real. Oh, so okay. Agree or disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. But this is 100% real. <laughs> so I, The Goldens like, like, rule in our hearts. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things that, you know, for me. Many physicists believe that we are in a simulation and that nothing is real. Yeah, but there were 2,000 years of physicists saying that the Earth was flat. (laughs) (laughs) But we got new and better science. Mm -hmm. Science isn't real, though. 50 years from now, we'll have even better science that can, you know, more accurately gauge which was the best episode of the Golden Girls. Oh. Which is what, you know, 50 years from now, I hope scientists do focus on because, you know, they'll have cured boners and baldness. (laughs) (laughs) And that's everything that really matters. Exactly. (laughs) Well, to that end, I would argue that this is highly subjective. <laughs> well, I would say entirely so almost. There would be a lot of people that would say that one of the biggest problems of the world is not the lack of boners, it's actually the presence of them. So, <laughs> you know, the, too many decisions are made based on <laughs> said boners. Exactly. So. Which which reminds me, you have a grandbaby on the way? I do. <laughs> I can always count on you to remind me. He's generous in that way. He uh, is. It's, it's all out of love. It's, oh, yeah. That's what you call it. Exactly. That's what I choose to call it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. How was my intro? No, oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah I liked it you. a lot. It was very well done. Thank you. Um, I had forgotten that I had to give an intro. Oh. So I was totally stoked about the electronics, by the way. Oh, yeah. Very nice. I kind of wanted to, you know, say, my name is Ski. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, since uh, you haven't asked, we did get one comment that I thought I would tell you about. Um, Are they from Myanmar? Uh, no, that fortunately not. But perhaps <laughs> in a few weeks, maybe six weeks from you know now. Now that we're going to show up on their algorithms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, we have a uh, Tammy 
Tammy Becker. Oh, hey, Tammy Becker. She left us a comment saying, I, I like how the guys touch on the main points of the show as well as catching on minor details. I enjoy every episode. Nice. Wow. Yeah, so thank I, you, Tammy. Well, we enjoy your comments. Thanked her for her comment and told her that we basically do this as an excuse to hang out. Um, mm, nice. Although, of course, you know, it, it could also be argued that we do it for scientific reasons until now that I've realized that you don't believe in that. <laughs> so, so yeah, I guess it's just the hanging out then part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I also thought, I don't think... I think maybe it's deeper than that. You think so? I think Brent does believe in science and mm. that he is running a scientific experiment right now trying to see if we'll go along with his uh, dismissal of it. If any mm. if any scientific experiment's being run by Brent, it's only on his own endurance to see <laughs> <laughs> if he can put up with it and continue going for you know 180 plus episodes. So. Oh, I think I can. I think I can. I think so too. But last week, I, I don't know, I got like some dark feelings from you <laughs> <laughs> that didn't feel as uh, uh i, I was still smarting from the hole but i needed my mushroom caps <laughs> <laughs> so now at this point a couple weeks gone by you feel like that's in the past now exactly water <laughs> under the sicilian bridge <laughs> where the houses are exactly well the funny thing Only is the i one percenters <laughs> so so the incident brent's referring to is that uh ski and his wife decided en route to a, a recording of this um, to stop at a fancy restaurant and get appetizers. I mean, I say fancy, more expensive than it is fancy. Um, Agreed. If you're on the Yelp, it's $4 signs. Oh, okay. So there you I go. I assume. Um, Does that seem reasonable? <laughs> oh, okay. I would say, say four. Yeah. Three to four anyway. But, uh, and things went, got delayed. Like there wasn't a long line. They were able to be seated immediately. However, we actually the had a lot was. of time, but yeah, it was just a bad idea. And so they ended up late for recording the episode, which is a pet peeve of Brent's in general. And then once I found out the next week, I told Brent what had caused their lateness. <laughs> and so then he held on to that for a good two weeks after yes. that. So this is, you know, a month ago that this incident <laughs> happened and Brent seethed on it for two and a half weeks after learning of it. Um, yes. But now it seems that he has moved past it. <laughs> not moved past it so much that he won't bring it up again, but moved past it enough that he's not actively angry. I would say, <laughs> I would argue that nothing is beyond bringing up again. Oh, well, no, not at all. <laughs> Um, it seems like that's kind of the crux of some of our comedy. I agree. Exactly. You know, because, you know, people like Tammy who've listened to every episode mm -hmm. like to sprinkle a little Easter eggs, yeah. you know, callbacks. <laughs> Definitely. Those who are truly paying attention. Now, I don't know if I mentioned a couple weeks ago, but we do have some new countries that we have listens from. Okay. Um, no uh, no new states, so we still have our, our handful that haven't listened in yet. But uh, did I mention to you that we got a listen from Switzerland? No. Um, one from Indonesia. Okay. And then one from Guam. Okay. Which, you know, Very territory, cool. but yeah. Uh, yeah. nonetheless. So some new areas that we got to listen to and just I, continue to expand. Okay. Yeah. You know. I really, really, really hope that, uh, you know, the Indonesian individual listens again and again a few times. Mm -hmm. So that they hear this, uh, that opening is Burmese. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but just because that'll mean that they weren't you know, like, you know, the pilot of that submarine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they listen to one episode and they're like, I'm sinking this damn thing. <laughs> so they think they ran out, ran aground or whatever, exactly. cracking themselves. Just took like, it I down. don't care if I'm taking 52 <laughs> other Indonesians with me. <laughs> it's just worth it. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I can't unhear that. <laughs> exactly. Well, they, they were saving them from hearing too. Yeah, that's true exactly. doing a service <laughs> oh. exactly um so yeah just today i found out about you know these 53 indonesians on the submarine mm -hmm. you know which i feel was you know sufficient time to make fun of them and yet oh, a week yeah. ago i was like the challenger man too soon <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, 
Well, here uh, today we're like Brent said, we're doing season three, episode seventeen. My yeah. brother, my father. Yeah. Uh, original air date on this was February sixth, nineteen eighty eight, and this one was written by uh, Barry Finero and Mort Nathan. Mm-hmm. Good uh, direct, combo. Directed by Terry Hughes as two didn't peas you, in a pod. What's that? Oh, those two. Yeah. Um, and then you say Terry Hughes does every episode this particular season. Yeah. Yep. But we'll still bring it up because eventually it'll change uh, mm-hmm. once we get into season yeah, four. Yeah. Didn't didn't I mentioned? I believe you mentioned a while back that uh, Terry Hughes like run with the Golden Girls was pretty huge up front, and then mm-hmm. just trails off to nothing, right? Yeah. 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 Terry sort of trickles off. So uh, we get into. Are you guys ready to start the episode now? I'm ready when you are. <laughs> yes. So uh, we start off uh, in the kitchen with Sophia cooking. Unlike the previous episode that I recapped, which was maybe a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. uh, she gave Rose and Blanche a bowl to sample instead of having them eat directly off the spoon like unwashed commoners. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> I appreciated that. that Because uh, I know that Brenda said it's okay, even in a time of COVID, because they live in the same house. Yeah, I still don't find it to be particularly sanitary uh, to, I don't know, put... I know that that used to be very common to sample off the spoon. But with me, even if I'm sampling my own food that I'm making, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's communal food, but I'm yeah. the one making it, yeah. I'll sample it with like a spoon and then put that spoon immediately into the sink mm-hmm. and not back into the bowl. Yeah. So I was happy to see her dish out a little bit for them to try as yeah. opposed to. Looks like she also gave them more. Like, yeah. Like pretty yeah, sizable taste. Yeah. I think the rule of thumb is you don't want anything in your mouth that's also been in Blanche's mouth. Oh, well, that's definitely true. <laughs> so <laughs> That's a Petri dish in there. Exactly. <laughs> Um, we find out that uh, Rose and Blanche have auditioned for the play The Sound of Music, mm-hmm. and uh, Blanche is upset because, much like Brent and Ski, they just got two tiny parts. Uh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I even wrote that down. <laughs> Typed it out. Yes. <laughs> Went through 37 drafts of this recap just right. to get it <laughs> just, finally Just tuned. to tighten it up to that one. Exactly. Yeah. He's um, like, should I throw in a joke about another Nazi reference? Nah, I'll say they got tiny wieners. <laughs> Nazis are coming up. Don't worry. Yeah, we got our chance. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what the sound of music's just all about? Well, right? yeah, but there's Nazis. a more specific reference to it later yeah. on in the episode. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. Um, now, Blanche, uh, Blanche wasn't able to see, sleep her way to the lead because the new theater director is apparently gay. She says that she's surprised by that fact to Dorothy, um, to which Dorothy double downs on the uh, stereotypes yeah. by saying that the next thing you know, they'll have black basketball players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, um, we move they into, did at the time. What's that? They did at the did time. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> well, I know you thought that Larry Bird was the NBA back in the 80s, but... Um, credit where credit's due. I also gave a shout-out to Lynn Bias. That's true. <laughs> Is that considered credit? <laughs> I'm just saying. I acknowledge that there was a second Whitey in the league. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So, anyways. <laughs> so, we move into the living room. Stan comes in with the uh, Dan Rather model toupee and an unzipped fly. Sophia asks Dorothy and Stan to pretend they are still married in order to fool her brother Angelo, who is uh, coming to town. He's a priest. Mm-hmm. Apparently, was there from at their Sicily, wedding. Right? Yeah, from Sicily. And uh, after some negotiating and dickering, they both come to uh, agree to the ruse. Mm-hmm. So, I think doesn't uh, Sophia tempt him with fifty bucks? Yeah, that's what seals the deal for Stan. Mm-hmm. It, Which uh, go ahead. That's well, our go-to bribe: fifty dollars. I mean, that's a pretty good bribe. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I would. I would lie to an old man for $50. I yeah. wanted to bring this up mm-hmm. because I thought it's very appropriate. At the end of the last episode, Dorothy is trying to make up with Sophia, and she says, can you give me 100 bucks?" And, and Dorothy, you know, you know, bumps it down to 50 which she then has to pay Stan 50 bucks. Oh, so she's basically giving Dorothy's money. She's like a launderer-type service, <laughs> getting Dorothy's money um, from her over to Stan. It's interesting. 
See, I took it as um, the $50 that she was giving Stan was the $50 that Dorothy did not accept the previous week to take Rose on her team in exchange for the dumbest. Oh, okay. So she had that 50 bucks still left, too? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess after that last episode, uh, Sophia ended up with a couple hundred bucks because she Mm -hmm. had the 50 she didn't end up spending. Yeah, which I guess was in her bra and not her purse. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's lucky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your important things uh, on hand. Um, Exactly. So we move into the next scene. Uh, Rose and Blanche are getting ready for rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose yells and as they kind of pre-rehearse, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, the Nazis are coming. The Nazis are coming. And Sophia runs in yelling, everybody grab a gun and go in the basement. Which I don't know if they have a basement there, but I really enjoyed that little scene. Um, <laughs> they had to like calm her down, right? Right, yeah, to get her. Apparently she has, is a little shell-shocked from the old days in Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> I think... As far as the options the writers had, mm. they could have either gone with that or attic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they probably went with the right choice. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh. good call, writers. Um, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Dorothy comes in from the outside, commenting that it's really coming down. And Rose asks, "What's coming down?" And Dorothy sarcastically answers, "The Liberace Marquis at Caesar's Palace." <laughs> that was. Again, you know, occasionally they... I like it great when they have Rose act naive. Yeah. But that was kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a big fan of it when they just give Rose a dumb line to yeah, say. Yeah, because she just stares back with like a... Accepting like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, and it's such a widely known uh, phrase, <laughs> especially under the context of someone coming <laughs> yeah, yeah. in out of obvious rain. Yeah. Well, but, or if they couldn't hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I don't know. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, Angelo then arrives and greets everyone um, mm-hmm. while constantly hunching over. The entire episode, Angelo mm-hmm. is hunched. I don't know if he... He has a choice. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know if he can stand up perfectly straight <laughs> if he wants to, but literally the entire episode, he's kind of hunched over, which seemed very painful to me. Um, seemed like he'd be sore by the end of it to be, you know, just mildly hunched for <laughs> however long it took them to take I mean, the episode. So this is 88. Mm-hmm. He said he became a priest in 1914. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, that's, that's what, uh, you're just going to make a joke about having sex with boys. Aren't you? I was, I was like, it's six, 64 years of altar voice. Yeah, you, You'd be hunched over too. <laughs> you were just laboring on it too long. <laughs> it was the math that tripped me up. <laughs> I knew what I wanted. I just you knew you wanted an one. altar boy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why skis are part of this. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Were you, you ever you an know. altar boy? Did so, you, were you ever an altar boy? Yeah. I wasn't ever uh, involved in any of the mass services. Me so. and my brother both. Mm. He still cries. <laughs> <laughs> Not you. <laughs> you got tears of joy. Yeah. <laughs> I was strong I enough was, to be your man. I was never abused. <laughs> Thankfully not. I don't, yeah. I don't think we had anything like that in our church, did we? Not that ever came out, so I'm hopefully not. Um, but it's a Cena. Uh, well, that was a teacher, though, yeah, not a priest. Not. So it's a different mm-hmm. situation altogether. And I mean, that wasn't, uh, I mean, I believe that was a teacher having uh, relations with an underage girl, not. Um, touching little boys. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was something that was consensual. Ish. Not, not by law, but right, consensual yeah. by, you know, certainly terrible in its own right. But I still would put them in different categories, wouldn't you? Touching somebody without their permission versus <laughs> touching someone who gave permission but is underage. 
I think it's all bad. Well, it's, um, of but... course it's all bad. I'm not saying, I'm like, hey, one's okay. We'll give him a pass. It's, it's Professor Cooper. Who cares? Um, I'm not like you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, they're both terrible, but I still think there's degrees of terrible. Wouldn't you agree with that? Or you think they're the exact same as far as where they fall on the evil scale? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of think they do. I don't know. I, I think if you start splitting hairs as far as degrees of evil <laughs> when it comes to something that's flat out evil, then it's like I don't know. It just it's a slippery slope. To I'll, I'll grant gamble. you that. I'll grant you it's a. Sl- <laughs> I don't think that I'm sliding that direction. <laughs> I do wonder, like, if there's some small part of Ski though who wishes he had been molested. What? <laughs> well, at least... <laughs> yeah, justify this. I want to hear. <laughs> when you guys are sitting around the table and Alexa and Nicole are telling their stories, you'd have something to contribute. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I always feel left out now. So. <laughs> I like that because it didn't require me to do math. <laughs> See, I feel like what we're in here is the uh, mushroom cap aftermath, where Brent's no longer angry, but he still has all the mean. Um, and so it's like his anger has died down so that he can just funnel it directly. Like his mind is no longer clouded. <laughs> and so he can just let out. the. It's funny because we've always made fun of Ski. Like Ski growing up has always been the butt of the jokes because he takes it very well-natured. Um, there was a time I did not, though. Not always, no. And that made it funnier at the time. But <laughs> as we got older, it was still good because you, you know, took it very, you know, uh, kind-heartedly. But Brent's are a lot harsher, I feel like, than what we would normally say. <laughs> it is a real cutting. <laughs> well, I don't do anything half-right. Yeah. <laughs> He's just trying my limits. See? Yeah. He's trying to make me better. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Exactly. Helping you develop the calluses. Yeah. Uh, so that eventually you'll be dead inside, but still able to move through life. <laughs> so. Get to episode 192, and he's just a shell of a man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read the next recap's like. Yeah, January 3rd, yeah. 1992. And as Brent's hurling insult, you just power on through. You don't even stop for our laughs or anything. You just No re- questions, no interjections. Yeah. Kind of reading in the background at that stage. Yeah, just read straight through without a break. And then you're just like... No breaths. Yeah. And at the like, end of your how recap, did he do that? here's like Dorothy 5. <laughs> but anyway. It was an inter- entertaining episode. He sounded like Eeyore a little bit. <laughs> that, hey, that's what I should aspire to. Yeah, I would agree. Um, he's a Eeyore's celebrity. The, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so like I said, Angelo comes in hunching his way around the room. Um <laughs> He asks Dorothy if Stan still makes her laugh like he used to, and she replies, well, not really, but then again, I haven't seen him naked lately. Uh, Dorothy tries to reveal the truth to Angelo, but then changes her mind at the last minute because she didn't want to break an old man's heart. So <laughs> Yeah, he really laid it on thick, too. Oh, yeah. After just taking his quote-unquote heart medication. <laughs> right. Which was just like old scotch, right? Yeah, right, yeah, I think so. Or whiskey or something. Yeah, it's like 12-year-old scotch, but like, I don't know. It just seems like an expensive bottle to have lying around. Right, yeah, I would agree. And none of them seem like they're big drinkers, so it yeah. seems like an odd thing for them to have yeah. in it's the house. It's like Stan would be the only person to appreciate that, right. or one of Blanche's suitors. Oh, yeah. Well, there are a lot of those, so then yeah. I guess 
you could understand it then. Yeah, but Scott, you think uh, Blanche would be like a bourbon kind of gal? Well, yeah, because of the southern yeah. roots and whatnot. But exactly. You know, I learned today that pralines are not. It's not an actual like nut. Oh, really? Yeah. I was. Well, what are they? It's just ain't any nut. That's sort of been covered in sugar and oh, okay, you know. So, so any nut oh, it's like a in... treatment as well. Yeah, like a... yeah, yeah. Like um, it could be almonds or pecans or whatever, but then it's sort of like glazed in like a peanut brittle type, like candy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you gonna go out and try to sample all the various pralines that are available? <laughs> no, no, no. I just I thought there was like an actual nut called yeah, a praline. I would have assumed that too. Yeah. Um, but well, you learned something new. Yeah. So that basically ends that scene, and we yeah. go on to a uh, scene three. Um, some time has passed because now it's in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it appears there at the end of the meal, they're mm-hmm. offering, I think, a second helping of dessert <coughs> mm-hmm. to uh, Stan and to uh, Angelo at that point. Oh, mm-hmm. it was a special. Well, no, I guess this wasn't a special meal, right? Because Sophia was making a special yeah, the meal special, to, to, to bribe them. Yeah, right. You'd assume that special white meal. lasagna or something? Uh, uh, lasagna al forno. I think yeah. something like that. But um, yeah, apparently that's Dorothy's favorite meal. Do but you guys know what al forno means? No, I do you? Mean, no, oh, I don't okay. know. I was just wondering if you did. I, I meant it, to look it up. I assumed it means lasagna with fornication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why, that's why Dorothy and Stan are going to enjoy it exactly. together. There you <laughs> go. Ties it all together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, it, was, it was Dorothy's favorite because she never got enough of that as a child, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Stan's favorite because he likes the red sauce. <laughs> 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 and she gave a bowl of it to right. plants and, do- and rose. Well, it's not something you want to lick off the spoon. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> this took a turn. Yeah, it really did. Um, but Stan and Dorothy. I like this new time slot. Yeah. <laughs> Stan and Dorothy have an exchange that ends with Dorothy sweetly telling Stan, uh, My feet have wings, barf bag, which I don't know. It, it's a dumb little joke, but for mm-hmm. some reason I enjoyed it. I guess I'm a dumb little man. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Blanche and Rose walk into the kitchen in their nun costumes at this point, you know, from mm-hmm. the back entryway and uh, from the play. And they get introduced to Angelo as mm-hmm. Sister Rose and Sister Blanche because mm-hmm. he's not even supposed to know they live there at this right. point. It's supposed to be, I guess, the marital home of. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't see why they couldn't have been like, oh, they're staying here. They're friends with us. Mm-hmm. They could have definitely played that off in a different way that didn't involve Rose and Blanche. Mm-hmm having to well, act like they didn't live there. Do you remember what Blanche's uh, excuse for why they were there was? Well, I, I thought, yeah, it was great. Well, they had clothes in their hands, and then she said that they were, she had a bra, because I guess they had had to rush out mm-hmm. of the rehearsal because of this hurricane that was coming in. Mm-hmm. And so they were still in their nun costumes at this point. Habits. Habits, yes, correct. <laughs> um, but they're costumes because, you know, they're mm-hmm. not actual nuns. It's still not a habit? I guess it is, but I think calling it a costume is still reasonable, is all I'm saying. Um, okay. But yeah, either way, yes, they're, they're non habits at this point. They're still in uh, because, again, the hurricane was coming in, so they had to mm-hmm. rush out. Yeah. And Blanche has her clothing with her. Now, mm-hmm. her clothes look like a normal bra to me, um, at least part of it. It was a but little see-through. Maybe. Um, but she, my favorite line of the episode, actually, Blanche explains uh, why she has the bra on her hand, saying that they are... Uh, collecting lingerie for the needy sexy people uh, <laughs> which i thought yeah it's nice that the church would cater to the sexy people occasionally you know exactly i mean let's be honest if we want people to be nursed back to you know health and reintegrated into society don't we want the sexy ones to be the ones we focus on <laughs> agreed <So. laughs> agreed um, or <laughs> <laughs> 
do we not want to focus on the sexy ones? That way they will have to ply their sexy wares for money. <laughs> That's a very devious and brilliant idea. Exactly. But I guess it's the church taking this, so they don't want them. Yeah, they don't want sex workers necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> so not trying to promote that. Yeah, they're trying to get them off the street in a different way other than in the backseat of you know mm-hmm. a sleazy vehicle. But. Exactly. The church is like, if we wanted more sex workers, we just hire more altar boys. <laughs> Mm. He just really keeps riding that horse, doesn't he? <laughs> um, you so, just give him fire now. Yeah. Or fuel. <laughs> but after uh, hearing they'll be trapped in the house, Blanche blurts out, Oh, Jesus, please protect <laughs> us and watch over us in our hour of need. That was uh, my favorite line. I thought yeah, that, that was, that was pretty, pretty good. good. Really good. Um, so that ends that scene, and we uh, head into our fourth scene at this point. Do you mm-hmm. guys have anything to add that I've s- skimmed over? I don't mean to be going through this at Brent speed. No, uh, I, I think it's you're pretty pretty well covered everything okay. so far. All the salient points. And uh, so now we're back in the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, Stan makes a typically uh, rude Stan comment, and Dorothy says, uh, "Stan, you're a pig in a cheap suit." And Stan replies, uh, "You know, for two cents." To which Dorothy immediately interjects, "You could get a better toupee." Mm-hmm. Which that was my favorite exchange between the two of them during this particular episode. But where do you think he was going with that? I don't know. I don't know for. for <laughs> I don't really know what his next line would have been. Uh, maybe it could have been like, "For two cents, I could get a better looking woman than you," uh, or "For two cents, I'll you know you can, I don't know, like I'll give you your opinion, or I don't know something like that. Like I, I'll pay for a better opinion. I don't know. For two cents, I could hire somebody to kill you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, Stan. Miami in the eighties. Uh, cheap assassination. <laughs> right. My opinion of Stan has been well documented in this, uh, <laughs> but I don't think he's murderous. Um, I'll at least say that much. And he doesn't seem to be a physically abusive man. I mean, he's mm-hmm. more of a pathetic man than anything else. Maybe mentally In abusive. certain ways. But, mm-hmm. uh, so at that point, though, they uh, all decide to go to bed, mm-hmm. and Stan is shocked that he has to sleep on the couch. And at this part, I kind of wonder, one thing that's odd is no one ever bothers to take off a stitch of clothing uh, when they go to bed, um, they're all, yeah. at least the men, the two men are fully clothed. I don't even know if they take their shoes off um, to lay down. Uh, but Uncle Angelo then comes into uh, to Dorothy's bedroom mm-hmm. and imploring her, to let, imploring her to let Stan sleep in there. And well, Assuming yeah, they, it's their bedroom together. Yeah. Right. They try to play it off that they've yeah. had an argument and that's why he's being forced to sleep on the couch. Angelo's going to bed to sleep <laughs> with his sister. Right. Don't you want him to stay clothed? That's fine, but I, don't, I feel like that you could sleep in a, a bed with people, your sister with yeah. your overshirt off. Normally, if you know someone would have an undershirt on in a case like that, or pajamas, um, and it's his sister, so maybe his pants. But I don't think he has to sleep with this whole. Yeah, the Goldens are, are known on. for their like uh, nightgowns and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, layers yeah, for yeah, sure. Someone could have lent him a robe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he still could have had modesty. But. Maybe Coco left something in the in the uh, yeah kimono yeah, in the yeah. closet. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been an awesome throwback. <laughs> Angelo comes in Coco's kimono. <laughs> and he's like, why does it smell like enchiladas? <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Dorothy replies to this that now she knows how Jessica Hahn must have felt, mm-hmm. which uh, brings us to tonight, as I'm doing the recap, to Alan's deep dive now. I'm really glad I didn't look this up now. Yeah, well, and mm-hmm. listen, I, I want you guys to know. Alan's not the first person to do a deep dive into Jessica Hahn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, certainly not. <laughs> 
But I, I just want to say about the segment in general, there are some cheap knockoffs out there of Alan's Deep Dive. <laughs> they go by different names, and uh, sometimes they try to take over an episode, even uh, <laughs> whatever podcast they may be on or other form of entertainment. But mm-hmm. never like accept. A, put a pin in that. Maybe we'll revisit that in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just saying, never accept uh, an imitation. Only the original <laughs> Alan's Deep Dive will do. Um, so Jessica Hahn, she is an American model and actress. Maybe it's a situation where Alan's Deep Dive just isn't deep enough. <laughs> in this case, it's a rather shallow dive, um, but there wasn't a lot of options in this episode. <laughs> so Jessica Hahn ends up being the winner. Yeah. And definitely obscure enough at this point in time mm-hmm. that if you weren't alive when this show was airing, you wouldn't know who Jessica Hahn okay. was, in my opinion. Or what the reference was. Right, That's exactly. Was, was she the Ollie North one? What's it? No, it was another Jim Baker one, which oh, okay. I feel like that we've had a lot of stuff about that. Yeah. Uh, we have, yeah. That yeah. At least church in general um, come up in these episodes. But she accused televangelist Jim Baker of rape while she was employed at a church as a church secretary. She said that she was angry at Baker for using his power and his image as a man of God to manipulate her, mm-hmm. uh, who at the time she was 21, about having sex or manipulated her into having sex with mm-hmm. them. So I don't know if it was a... For, well, a little later, it kind of indicates like it was more of a, a forcible rape versus a manipulation, okay. but it's kind of hard to tell yeah. which one it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, I guess she was a, a guest quite a bit on the Howard Stern show, so perhaps if you're a listener of that, you may have heard mm-hmm. more in-depth on her side of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she came public following Jim Baker's announcement in 87 that he was stepping down as the head of the church that he was uh, mm-hmm. you know, the head of there for a while. That he, he was stepping down, pinning the imminent disclosure of a sexual encounter between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So I think it was at least part of what spurned yeah. him stepping down to begin with. And according to her, on the afternoon of December 6, 1980, when she was 21 years old church secretary, mm-hmm. she was drugged and raped by Baker and another preacher, John Wesley Fletcher, mm-hmm. and that she was given $279,000 payoff for her silence, which had um, was paid for through the church's funds, which was a big mm-hmm. part of the whole scandal, yeah, of yeah. course. That's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now Baker disputes this. Uh, he's never, you know, owned up to doing this. I, I think that probably the general uh, defense on his part is that it was consensual. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, if someone's drugged, there's a big difference between mm-hmm. being manipulated into doing something and being drugged. But mm-hmm. either way, I think we can all agree that Jim Baker was a scumbag. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think he. Uh, I, mean, I think he. Go ahead. I was gonna say. Has anybody in the history of the world ever paid two hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars for consensual sex? Oh, I would definitely say not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just not directly. <laughs> like it wasn't a one for one equation. Yeah, just... <laughs> so. Now, I would say there are plenty of people in the world who could argue that over the course of time, mm-hmm. you know, through uh, relationships and marital <laughs> obligations, that they have paid more, but not as a direct like one for one exchange. Yeah. Um, so after yeah, uh, you the, save up all your receipts, I'm sure. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Certainly not for someone who's totally into it. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, after uh, the public revelation of the Baker scandal, she did pose nude for Playboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was also in several TV shows, including uh, Married with Children. Um, apparently, she was uh, in a relationship with Sam Kinison for a while. And in the music video for Wild Thing in 1988. Oh, Tone Loke? Mm-hmm. Nice. And then uh, in 1991, she began a relationship with the co-creator of Married with Children, Ron Levitt, which probably indicates how she got that role in the in the episode. Yeah. Or maybe one led to the other. Yeah. I imagine. Which came first. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. And she stayed with him until he died in 2008, so that was a long-term yeah. relationship with yeah. him. 
Um, and she has a, an interesting group of uh, filmography. It's a short one. Mm-hmm. She was in Hollywood the Movie, <coughs> Unhappily Ever After, Amanda and the Alien, one episode of Blossom, an episode of Dream On, Bikini Summer 2, an episode of Married with Children, and a Britannia video directed by uh, Brian Michael Stoller. So <laughs> that's her entire uh, filmography. So I think calling her an actress is a little, bit a little loose on <laughs> the term, but... I think we have to call her an actress because I would hate to think she was, you know, playing herself on Blossom. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I, if you get one acting credit and exactly. happens to be on Blossom, then exactly. or any other more wholesome show. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, I'll agree with you on that. And so, yeah, like you said, a little bit of a shallow deep dive. There wasn't a ton of Jessica Hahn. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have maybe gotten a little deeper into the scandal, but I think the broad strokes is all you really need on it. Mm-hmm. But at least now you know what the reference is. It would have yeah. been very, you know, probably appropriate back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it would have been a hot news topic at the time. Um, I don't know about, like, at the exact moment it aired, but certainly within the time frame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Been recent enough. So uh, so now, we're again, we're still in the bedroom. Dorothy does relent to let Stan stay in her room, mm-hmm. but uh, tells him that he has to sleep on the floor like any dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stan lays down and starts laughing to himself. She uh, suspects him of some self-gratification, which is sort of correct, much the same way that <laughs> Brent engages in self-gratification during most of these episodes. Um, <laughs> so he was laughing to, laughing to himself about a time when the first time that Dorothy had made him sleep on the floor, mm-hmm. um, and that she, I guess he got back into her good graces by singing to her, mm-hmm. um, to which he begins doing. Didn't they say it was on her honeymoon? Yeah, yeah, it was. So, I mean, Stan... Which, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, he's been, you know, a scuzzball from day one, it seems like, in their relationship, or at least from year one, mm-hmm. at the very least. Um, well, there's actually, I, I just thought of something, actually, that I wanted to bring up. So, I think they say it's in the honeymoon, and it was a, in the Poconos. Uh-huh. I believe they actually did confirm that from another one. Oh, really? So, that was a, a good callback that yeah, they had from another was. one? Yeah, I think it was. But I also think that there was a, a false callback from before, where uh, Stan arrives late, and Dorothy said something about how Stan's always late. In fact, he was late from their first date. Mm. If I recall, and I may be wrong on this, but I think she said she went to their first date early and saw him making out with somebody. Oh, okay. So he, so was he would have technically been early. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> well, maybe it was considered- Still a scuzzball. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just confused as to how they you know, went on their honeymoon in the Poconos and yet somehow ended up buying land in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a long and winding road from New York to Florida. Because <laughs> so. well, no, didn't they buy the property on their honeymoon? Well, yeah, I'm just saying that they could have been en route That's a to good Miami point. I didn't remember time. that. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I mean, if they're fr- heading from Brooklyn, the Poconos are north and not mistaken, I think Miami's south. And well, Listen, maybe they don't have a great sense of direction. Circumnavigated the globe. (laughs) Well, and they didn't have to be by the property of Miami to buy it. That's true. That's true. Like I was, I bought uh, a a timeshare like a a idiot, Mm -hmm. and that was in Wisconsin, I believe, and I was nowhere near Wisconsin. Did you end up getting rid of that? No. Oh, so have it technically? I don't think we've paid on it for years. (laughs) So at some point, somebody's going to come looking for it. Yeah, they can try. Good luck. We tried to actually uh, expunge it. We probably have a, a few legal rounds to mm. uh, get rid of it officially, but I don't think they have anything to actually get us on. Mm. Well, let's hope not. But uh, So at this point, Dan, uh, Stan does start to sing to Dorothy, and uh, when it doesn't move her, he threatens to pull out the big gun, mm-hmm. to which Dorothy says that he's wasting his, t- his time because she is familiar with the big gun. 
I, I thought it was at least nice of her that she did still go with the phrase "big gun." <laughs> instead of like, being like I'm, you know, familiar with the little pistol or something yeah, like that. The super soaker, right? <laughs> um, uh, Sophia senses a disturbance in the fort, a disturbance <laughs> in the force, and rushes in to keep Stan and Dorothy from their carnal delights. Uh, she, it, it, she says it or not, she does seem to be softening slightly. Yeah, a little bit. To his charms. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, she seemed like she was kind of moving that direction. I mean, Stan was having some success there. Uh, but now, you pay. Yeah, probably. So. Well, it wasn't didn't have it off there, yeah. oh, for bedtime, yeah. Yeah, well, he just moved it south. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to cover up for his Stan's Merkins. Put it on the big gun. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Sophia hops in the bed and is joining there, and thus incest porn was born. So, uh, scene five now. Uh, we're now back in the kitchen as the storm rages on. Blanche is talking uh, dirty to some ne'er-do-well, uh, not realizing that Father Angelo has walked in. Uh, Dorothy, Dorothy and Stan walk in, and the suggestion is made that they celebrate their ruby anniversary by renewing their vows. Of course, Stan is gain because he's horrible and romantic. Tim and Dorothy go into the other room. Um, he's trying to convince her that it's God's will. They have a priest there. They're <laughs> reigned in there. He's enjoyed their last couple of days stuck together. Um, and then at it's that meant point, to be, right? exactly. And then at that point, Uncle Angelo comes in and reveals that he's not and never has been a priest. Um, he starts off the story in a typical Sophia fashion with "Picture it, Sicily, 1914," mm-hmm. which, which is I a be- huge lie, really. It's oh. been his entire life. Yeah, his whole life he's been living a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, go ahead. I'll let you. Con- oh, that's well, fine, but. His story reveals that he's an ass man and that uh, one particular ass <laughs> led him away from God and into a secret marriage for 72 years uh-huh. and that this should be a reminder of all of all to all of us that Satan plays the long con. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, like Sophia never met her sister-in-law. Yeah, for yeah, s- 70 years. Yeah, I mean, that's well, I crazy. I guess he's been dead for two years. What's that? I mean... So 1914 plus 72 would take him to 86. Yeah, so she's been gone for a couple of years now at yeah. this point. Um, He's like, all right, finally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if he was even planning to tell them of this lie or just uh-huh. finally became overcome by it. Yeah. But, I mean, he went through the process of buying the outfit and everything. Yeah. So, But here's the thing, though, okay, and nothing, nobody's addressed, you know, the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Are Dorothy and Stan even married? No, you mean at this point? Oh, well, I don't think that he performed the ceremony. I think he was just at the wedding. I don't think she indicates that he was the one who married oh, I them. I thought he was the one who performed the no, ceremony. No, I just think she was like, why. remember he was at your wedding? Um, so mm-hmm. I don't think that it was that, remember, he performed your ceremony. That'd be it, yeah. I don't remember how Because, yeah, that would certainly that be, either. be problematic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although at this point, no, would it, it would have be... been legally binding regardless. Well, because, sure yeah, it's the, the paperwork. state paperwork that mm-hmm. makes it legal. But, yeah, um, common law. Yeah. <laughs> you got 36 years together. It counts. <laughs> yeah, true. And then uh, after hearing this, Dorothy reveals that her and Stanley are divorced to, a saint, to which Angela responds, I'm a thrilled. I never liked him. He's a yutz, uh, which was a good good line from him uh and then uh, after all the lies are out in the open the rain stops kind of making you feel like that mm-hmm. the rain was going on just to get everybody to reveal the mm-hmm. secrets they've been holding exactly. on to rainbow in the back window just yep <laughs> uh sophia takes angelo to the kitchen blanche leaves to fulfill a leper's fantasy and <laughs> rose intends to <laughs> well, if you spend time with blanche it's gonna fall off anyways <laughs> right yeah um, <laughs> And Rose intends to break the surly bonds of gravity and punch the face of God. Uh, that was a good callback, too, though. Was it? Well, callback. Oh, the well. leper one? Yeah. Well, the, call, the leper is, like, from the phone call, right? Right, She yeah. says uh, the person she was talking about is a leper, and mm. she's the only one that will touch him. Right. But I was saying that Rose 
was uh, referring to the flying nun, which right. probably a lot of people don't know what that is. Oh yeah, yeah. Certainly at the at this point in time, it would be kind of lost to history for a lot of people. Is it Sally Field? I yep. believe so. Yeah. Peter Parker t- two's Aunt May. Mm, okay. Um. Wouldn't it be Peter Parker three? No, two. Yeah, you're right. Because the the yeah Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield one. Andrew Garfield yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are just totally leaving out the like 1980s TV yes. show, aren't you? Yes, or the we 70s are. 70s TV show, whichever. <laughs> We're talking live action. Or was that a live action show? Yeah, there was show? a live action show. I am, I am uh, yeah. That was but a... I don't even know if there was uh, an Ant-Man in it. To be honest, I've never seen an episode of it. Yeah. So I assume there would be because it's a pretty major part of it, <laughs> but you never know. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, I think, uh, I no, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, between you, me, and the wall, mm-hmm. um, as far as the Aunt Mays go, I think I have to give the edge to Marissa Tomei as far as the hottest one. That's a, a, <laughs> that's a bold call. <laughs> She's like the first one that's been tasked with not playing it as a matronly old lady. But, yeah, I, I guess it depends, too, on what you're into. <laughs> I think Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Tony Stark would agree with you. Mm, yeah, I know Happy Hogan does. Yeah, That's certainly. right, yeah. At that point... Stan leaves, turning down the $50 that Sophia had promised him. Um, and we close on a baleful Dorothy on the couch, seeming to realize that dying alone might be slightly worse than remarrying Stan, mm-hmm. um, which I would disagree with <laughs> in a general sense. So, it's and like that, two weeks in a low. It ends with just her alone on the couch. Yeah, but the second week, or the last week, you know, it was like a, a nice funny line to end with uh, mm-hmm. Sophia telling her that she loved her, yeah. you know, in exchange for 50 bucks, of course, yeah. but still. And this one, it was kind of like a weird, somber ending to the episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but uh, we had two guest actors in that one. Of course, uh, Herb Edelman playing Stan. That was his eighth appearance at this point. Mm-hmm. I think that he's on, I don't know, something like twenty-five episodes. So, uh, he, I want to say he ends up at least from this point forward on about four episodes a season ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then of course we had a uh, Bill Dana played Uncle Angelo. Uh-huh. Um, one hundred sixty-five titles to his name, with uh, forty-nine of those being as an actor. This was his first of six appearances as Angelo, so he'll mm-hmm. be a recurring character coming up. Um, comedian, actor, author, composer. Um, he had 42 episodes of The Bill Dana Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was um, Nathan on one episode of Empty Nest. That's probably where Brent knows him from. Real quick, who yeah. did he play on The Bill Dana Show? Uh, I believe it was Bill Dana, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> might have been Jose like a... Jimenez. because. Yeah. He played Jose Jimenez on several different shows, yeah. including an episode of Batman 66. Yeah. Because, so. um, yeah, like it was a spinoff of the Danny Thomas show. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, so, like, he played, it was the Bill Dana show, but he was still playing the other character. And it's just odd that it's, you know, the show, but he's not playing like a fictional version of himself. Oh. He's playing a, you know, Latino gentleman. <laughs> so. Is it not Jose Jimenez, Alan? Well, probably so. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the Bill Dana show. Um, Man, Ski's always pr- correcting our pronunciation. <laughs> I know, exactly. Um, <laughs> Just with Spanish. Because <laughs> yeah, he received a, uh, you know, dictionary for his quinceanero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're pronouncing it completely wrong at this point. <laughs> You had an O at the end. I don't think that you can just make it for a boy if you had an O at the end. <laughs> trying to get him to leap across this table. Keep Tear trying. you limb from Keep limb. Trying. Exactly. <laughs> I'd like to hope that as he's doing that, you're yelling out, stay golden. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I was going to say, oh, yeah, so Don Adams was on the Bill Dana show, and then later Bill Dana was on both Get Smart and The Nude Bomb. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed him. I thought he was good in this episode. Yeah. I'm glad he'll be coming back for more 
of his hunching antics. It takes the sting out of uh, Angela not coming back anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'd say at least a bit. Yeah. So Angela, Angelo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sort of realized their names. Yeah, Sophia is really kind of the uh, the odd one out in that family, apparently. Yeah. But. So Ski, who was your MVP for that episode? Um, I don't know. I, like I was trying to struggle on this one. Well, not trying to struggle. <laughs> I was kind of struggling with this one. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it to Sophia. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's who I went with also. But it was like I liked Angelo, but I didn't love him. Um, he just didn't have enough. I don't know, great content to work with. I hope that in the future, when he's not, not lying his way through the episode, <laughs> then he'll be able to, you know, contribute more of the comedy aspect of it. Yeah. Of course, I, Stan was probably one of his less hateable appearances. Yeah, I to almost this gave point. it to Stan, honestly. Um, yeah, he's the one I give it to. You give it to Stan? Yeah. So we got two Sophias and a Stan for this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? Uh, 4.5, I think. Okay. And what about you, Brent? Um, I'll go with five. Um, five and a quarter. Five and a quarter. Um, I just liked all of, um, you know, Sophia and, uh, not Sophia, um, Dorothy and Stan's back and forth, like the big gun episode reference that you mentioned mm-hmm. and different things like that i haven't seen you naked in years and different <laughs> things like that right so i actually funny. gave this one a six I, I liked it and unlike typical uh stan episodes i didn't have to knock it down for stan i don't think that he was <laughs> nearly hateable enough to penalize the episode mm-hmm. he had a couple moments where i was like oh come on stan um, they're just trying to keep him in character yeah i guess so uh, it'll be interesting Heaven to see. Maybe be inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> this show is nothing if not, you know. You can set your watch to it. Right. <laughs> so with that, uh, anything else you need to add, gentlemen? Does that stay golden, Coco? Yes. Very nice. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. <laughs>